Hello and welcome to So It's a Show, a podcast where we attempt to keep up with Lorelai and Rory's pop culture references on Gilmore Girls, as well as references that we contrive just because we think it'd be fun. I'm Kyla. And I'm Taylor. And it's the end of the season, so we're moving on to some fun episodes that we want to cover. Yeah, because normally our episodes, we try to be completely serious and never fun. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, it's, those are tough, and now we're just finally <laughs> letting loose on this show. On that note, I wanted to let you know I went back and re-listened to our Citizen Kane episode that we did a rebroadcast of in honor of Mank and also in honor of needing some time off for Thanksgiving. We were a lot peppier back then. Like, we were a lot louder and had a lot more energy. I really don't, like, have we mellowed out? Have we gotten boring? I don't know. Is it, is it just because it's 2020? Is it because maybe we were just particularly hyper that episode? Who's to say? I just, like, going back and listening to it, I was like, we were so loud. <laughs> we were hyped. Woo! We loved Citizen Kane, I guess. Oh, that's funny. I need to go back and listen to an episode then. Yeah. It was a nice little throwback and refreshed me on all these things I had once known about Citizen Kane and had definitely forgotten. Yeah, I'm excited to watch Make. It looks cool. Same. But I haven't, so then <laughs> nothing yeah, else. We can't to review say. that movie yet. So I did need to add a little addendum to our episode from two episodes ago, Lord of the Rings episode, we missed one. What? You want to talk more about the Lord of the Rings? Yeah, a little bit. So here's the thing. This is like a very important reference too, because the reference that we (laughs) chose to go off of for all the other Lord of the Rings references for that episode is Lorelai comparing Luke to Aragorn. And then, or saying she wants to find her Aragorn while discussing Luke mm-hmm. and potentially dating him. So in Gilmore Girls Season 6, Episode 8, Luke actually compares himself to Viggo Mortensen, the actor who plays Aragorn. Mm-hmm. Let's hear the conversation. Cool. Wow. They can make a movie about this someday, you know? The reluctant, handsome diner owner sponsoring a team who goes all the way to the national finals and you know who would play you? Oh. Toby Maguire. He's way younger than me. But his career is hot. Go with Toby. What about that Vito Morgenstern? Sure. Or Viggo Mortensen. So, like, boom, full circle. He agrees, she agrees, Viggo Mortensen. Well, he says Vito Mortensen, yeah. but I think we know who he really means because... Yeah. Guess what? This sticks with him, and it comes back in A Year in the Life. You found another in, one. Yes. In the spring episode, Luke and Lorelai have this conversation. Hi, I know you're sick of hearing this, but this movie, History of Violence, Viggo Mortensen is you. He's totally you. I know. You've said it before. Seriously, David Cronenberg owes you money. He must have dropped by the diner, got inspired, and turned you into this ex-thug guy. Rack your brain. He must have been in. I don't even know what he looks like. Or maybe Viggo Mortensen came by, observed you, and called David Cronenberg with the idea. They're very close. You know what Viggo Mortensen looks like. Like looking in a mirror. They love to watch Viggo movies together, and he's comparing himself to Viggo again. Or Lorelai is this time, so I think she's found her Aragorn. I think she has. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that little addition. Put a nice Confirmed. little bow on it. But we're not here to talk about Lord of the Rings again. I know you're probably all disappointed to hear that, but we're not. 
We're going to talk about another favorite, another personal favorite of both of us. Mm-hmm. I introduced Taylor to the show. Sure did. And I'm very proud. The one and only Veronica Mars. Yes. And we've definitely mentioned that mm-hmm. we enjoy the show before. It is in, Veronica Mars is listed in many an episode description for other pop culture that we reference. Mm-hmm. And it's relevant again, because they had a revival last year, just like Gilmore Girls did a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And Kristen Bell looks just about as young as she did in this show. She, mm-hmm. very youthful looking, um, which also I think she jokes about too, because she just looks like a, a she looked like a kid, even though she was... 21, I don't know when when that show mm-hmm. started, but anyways, Veronica Mars. So I rewatched it because quarantine and <laughs> also I love it, but, and I just started noticing that it has a lot of references that Gilmore Girls has also had that we covered. And so mm-hmm. I just started writing them down. And so we want to dig into them, like 90 shows and their references. I don't know. And then I was also watching Dawson's Creek also found some similar ones what so i don't know this might be a whole nother podcast in and of itself but for right (laughs) now it's on so it's a show and veronica mars loves a good pop culture reference too i don't think they come with the same frequency that gilmore girls does and i don't think they're quite as obscure as gilmore girls pop culture references tend to be but Veronica Mars, enthusiastic about a good pop culture ref, and you'll notice they're in a lot of episode titles, too. They love Mm -hmm. punny episode titles. Yes, so we included some of those, even. But mostly Veronica uses them for burns, I would say. (laughs) But that's most of what she uses talking for. So, (laughs) I guess that that fits. Yes. So, should we just get right into them? Yeah. Well, here, just for those of you who are not familiar... First off, watch Veronica Mars. It's great. It ran also on the CW concurrently with Gilmore Girls from 2004 to 2007. So you might have had a tough week at that time in your life. I don't know. They might have had their finales the same week. I could totally imagine that. (laughs) And it's like Gilmore Girls and Veronica Mars ending the same week. Yeah. Potentially. I don't know how CW had their scheduling, but... I can just imagine this. Um, And then they had an eight-episode season revival last year on Hulu, and you can watch all four seasons on Hulu now. But you can't forget to watch the movie in between those two. (sighs) Yes, there was a Veronica Mars movie that came out in 2014. I don't believe that's streaming on Hulu. When I last summer, I had to rent it on Redbox. And if you're a fan of the show, it's totally worth it. It was a crowdfunded movie the fans kicked in all the money to make it happen because the show was unexpectedly canceled and it's definitely fan service but it's like great fan service you know yeah it was good I owned it and I had all the season or no I didn't no no I had the movie and then when the new season was coming on Hulu and they announced that all the old seasons were on there I was moving, I got rid of the movie, and I should have checked first to make sure that it was on Hulu. So I might have to go back to my favorite used video store and used DVD store and grab another copy, but... I don't mean this as a sick burn Veronica style, but I feel like a used DVD place is exactly the kind of place you'll find the Veronica Mars movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's where I found it the first time. (laughs) But to clarify... 
I have no regrets about renting it on Redbox. Quick summary of the show, once again, for those of you not familiar, the quick IMDb plot summary of the show is, after her best friend is murdered and her father is removed as county sheriff, Veronica Mars dedicates her life to cracking the toughest mysteries in the affluent town of Neptune, California. This show stars Kristen Bell as the one and only Veronica Mars, and her dad is played by Enrico Colantoni, also starring Jason Doring, Percy Daggs III, Francis Capra, Ryan Hansen, Teddy Dunn, we'll come back to him, Tina Maharino, Tessa Thompson was on this show yeah. for a while, and Chris Lowell. And, you know I love my guest appearances. Check out some of these super cool people that were on the show. Amanda Seyfried, as her best friend who was murdered in flashbacks, Ken Marino, Patton Oswalt, Steve Gutenberg, J.K. Simmons, Ed Begley Jr., Allison Hannigan, Leighton Meester, Lucas Grabiel, Anthony Anderson, Paris Hilton, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Melissa Leo, Jessica Chastain, Aaron Paul, Lucy <laughs> Lawless, Jane Lynch, Paul Rudd, who we'll talk yep. about in a little bit, <laughs> Adam Scott, Army Hammer, Michael Sarah, Ryder Strong, Josh Dumel, Aaliyah Shawkat, Sarah Highland, all of these people in the show, and there were a few I was like, I cannot even make this list run on longer than I already have. So there are even more people you will probably recognize from the show. And we're going to talk a little bit more about some of these people because you've 100% certainly seen them on Gilmore Girls. Yep, we've got Max Greenfield, who he was in one episode of Gilmore Girls, episode 404, mm -hmm. and he was at Dean's bachelor party, and he got a couple of lines. Um, mm -hmm. But he is a cop in Veronica Mars, and he, of course, helps Veronica with some of her cases, get the inside scoop, and they date for a bit until she mm -hmm. chooses someone else. <gasps> You might also know him as Schmidt on New Girl. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Kristen Ritter made some appearances, and you know her as either Lucy or Olivia from season seven. They are oh, one yeah. in the same. They come together. I never remember which one is Lucy or Olivia. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. They do go together. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Teddy Dunn, who he's a big player on Veronica Mars until he suddenly isn't. <laughs> and mostly because his character is, we've talked about this, just yeah. nothing. Things happen to him, but he, as a character, does not grow and evolve or really offer mm -hmm. anything. No. To the show. No. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Teddy Dunn. But he is, he plays Graham on... Oh, I didn't put what episode that was. Well, it was the one we just talked about a couple episodes ago, where he's the terrible date who was mm -hmm. also almost Logan Huntsberger in that season, yeah. but then he got Veronica Mars. Yeah. So he, you know, again, small appearance, and I'm still glad that he just went to Veronica Mars. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Logan, Matt Zucri, also yeah. on Veronica Mars, Doing what I think is sort of a funny <laughs> joke. Yeah. Playing a long-lost brother to the Logan of Veronica Mars. Yep, for a piece he's writing for some gossip magazine. And there is a funny Entertainment Weekly article that came out in 2005, so around the time that both these shows, actually not around the time, while these shows were both on the air, 
It is called The Logans of Veronica Mars and Gilmore Girls. We reveal how the two shows' love interests aren't that different. (laughs) And they go through list by list about, with details, about how both of them have daddy issues. They have high-priced lawyer handiwork (laughs) taking care of their problems. Both of their moms are played by actresses who were on Days of Our Lives. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and they have a dimwit crew of friends that follow them around. Yes, absolutely. We'll share that in our Tumblr so you can see all the details, but that cracked me up. That's hilarious. I love that. And I mean, they're both like reformed bad boys for their mm-hmm. love interests. Mm-hmm. One more than the other, I'd argue, but... Which one? You know how I feel. Oh. Logan, not Huntsberger. Yeah. Logan Eccles, because he chills out and joins the military and, like, gets responsible with his life. And, and gets Logan Hunt. Woo! <laughs> and Logan Huntsberger just <laughs> um, stays hanging out with the Life and Death Brigade. Yeah, you know, upon this watching of Gilmore Girls, I realized that I'm liking Logan less than the last time I watched it through. I don't know why. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Anyways, there are the overlaps. Gotta love the 90s. All those. You mean the 2000s? The 2000, early 2000s. I guess it just feels like 90s to me because 2000s still, it is like new to me, but the 90s are, I always think of these as the 90s, but you're right. They're early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So uh, now let's get into some of these episodes where there's some overlap of references. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to try to not be crazy spoilery if people haven't watched the show, but also no, you're not going to know names if you haven't seen it. So what do you think? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it all starts season one, episode six, Return of the Cane. Spelled like Citizen Kane, but this is not a reference to Citizen Kane. That's just the last name of a family in the show. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Wanda, who is running for class president. And you've got Madison, the resident goody-goody, annoying, rich, cheerleader type. Queen Bee. Queen Bee, indeed. Mm -hmm. And... Um, they have this whole thing where if you get pirate points by being in extracurricular activities, you can order delivery to the school. But guess what? If you're not a rich uh, student who takes part, and if you're not athletic, you're not going to be able to earn pirate points. So The O-Niners and the non-O-Niners. Yep. O-Niners. Yes. That their zip code. Mm-hmm. Ritzy place. So, anyways, Wanda is doing her own thing. Yo, man, over here. Keep the change. You're not allowed to liberate, and you're not allowed to breathe my air. Go, shoo, return to Xanadu. So, Taylor, how do you feel about this reference? (laughs) Because you know how I feel. Well, it's not just Veronica Mars that likes to use pop culture for (laughs) sink burns. It's true. And get it out of your system. Say it. Xanadu, Xanadu. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I do enjoy it for that reason. Yes, you do. And I think this is definitely, you know, we said this episode title is not referencing Citizen Kane, but this moment definitely is. 
Well, no, I thought it was about Xanadu the Skater movie. Oh, I thought it was about Xanadu Citizen Kane, the house. Oh, and I was thinking it was Xanadu the roller derby movie because Madison is like this blonde, I don't know, kind of perfect specimen. And she's saying, get out of here. Let the mortals live their lives. Well, Wanda's saying it to Madison. Right, and Madison kind of looks like... Yes, and I thought it was she was telling her to go to her big rich house. Oh, yeah, that does make sense. Like, go back to your mansion. Yeah. I feel like this could work either way. Well, and the way it's, see, the way it's spelled in the script that I found is Xanadu the movie. Which is how the house is spelled. Oh, they're they're spelled the same way. Oh, okay. (laughs) Hmm. This is a double-layered reference, because I truly think both of these interpretations work. Yeah, because even, like, the way she says it, go, shoo, return to Xanadu, like, just feels etherical and, like, go, float away, (laughs) you know? Either way, it's a snotty thing to say. Either way. Huh. Well, weigh in folks at home yeah do we think this is a xanadu the house reference or xanadu the roller rink reference (laughs) (laughs) uh all right well i love that we both thought it was something different well guess what there is a definite citizen kane reference in veronica mars and you want to know how i'm sure because they actually use the phrase Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> That'll give it away. This is from episode 218 called I Am God. A little blasphemous, but okay. <laughs> so in this episode, R- Ronica, as per usual, is trying to solve a mystery. And this is the big mystery of that season, which is who caused the bus to crash. At the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And, and killed a bunch of kids. Yeah. Oof, awful. Yeah. Great mystery, great season. Anyways, but <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but super sad. So Veronica has gotten different clues, and she's been talking some of them through with a guidance counselor, Rebecca. And so they're talking through one of those clues now. So that's it? The tombstone artwork was just an album cover? And Rosebud was just a sled. I didn't just ruin Citizen Kane for you, did I? No, no. So, yeah, just, I mean, really, to me, that says that Rosebud didn't have any huge meaning, just like the clue that she thought really meant something turned out to just be a doodle. Yeah, because she spends the whole season trying to find clues of things that were in the bus or talking to people who talked to the students just before the bus went off the cliff. And Veronica mm-hmm. was supposed to be on this bus. Yeah. And she, just through coincidence, wasn't. Yeah. So, was Rosebud just a sled? Do you agree? I think Rosebud was a sled that symbolized a lot more but i do think i rewatched citizen kane to prep for my still to happen mank viewing and i do think the reporter who's doing the investigating probably would have been a little disappointed to find out it was just a sled quote unquote yeah 
So there, I mean, there was we've drawn meaning from it, from the sled, because we've seen the movie. In the similar way that Veronica could draw meaning from this drawing because of what happened after. And the drawing is of tombstones. Mm -hmm. And so we can create meaning from that because we know what happened next. Yeah, but it turns out that was not a sign that the student who drew that was planning to crash right. the bus. Right. So going back, um, back to season one, episode seven, The Girl Next Door, Veronica was on another case, and this time she was trying to get some info on the relationship between this couple um, because the woman had gone missing. I'm sensing you don't like him very much. They fight all the time, and I know for a fact the guy's got a temper. A couple weeks ago, she spent the night at my place. She was storming out. She didn't want to drive. Andre absolutely flipped out. They fought on the phone like Sid and Nancy. So this was used exactly like how they did in Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Fighting like Sid and Nancy. Yeah. Apparently that's what they were known for, mostly. (laughs) (laughs) I hope one day when I am in a memorable relationship that people can talk about for years to come... They aren't remembering me for that and our yeah, fights. Yeah, that would, that would be rather unfortunate. I know people say fighting is healthy, but, like, not that level of fighting. Yeah, I don't think this is the kind of fighting people are no. talking about when they say that. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. Episode 11 of season one. We've it's got... Called oh, Silence of the Lamb, which is a pop culture reference we have not discussed, but just wanted to point out. Mm-hmm. They love they pop culture references. Mm, yes, they do. And you're, we uh, enter a guitar store, music store, and so naturally they're going to be having this conversation. Hello, Cleveland! Spinal Tap. What? The movie, Spinal Tap. He's never seen Spinal Tap? No. That explains a lot. I mean, Spinal Tap, that's... Hello, Cleveland. Hello, Cleveland. There's, it's such a good one. <laughs> if you're going to be entering a music store, you got to have watched that, right? Yeah. It also tells you a little bit about Sheriff Lamb, who's just kind of... He's kind of a cranky guy who creates problems for yeah. the Mars family. And he has taken over... Uh, Mr. Veronica Mars' dad. What is his name? I totally combined them. Thank you. He has taken (laughs) over her dad's former position as sheriff. He's Mm -hmm. real cranky. He likes to create problems for their private investigations. Yep. And basically do just the minimal amount of work possible and still keep his job. Yeah. And I totally believe he hasn't seen Spinal Tap and doesn't get it. Yeah. 100%. Mm -hmm. So this next episode, double entendre, two references, in that the episode title for episode one, uh, episode 13 of season one is Lord of the Bling. Which I guess is another way to say ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, kind of the same thing. <laughs> Characters in the episode wore rings. Sure, why not? So in this episode, you've got a couple of, you guessed it, wealthy parents in Neptune, and they're discussing their kids, and his dad is very hard on his son, 
And his daughter is his pride and joy, meanwhile. But that still doesn't mean he likes spending a lot of money on her. So he and his wife are having this conversation. And why is this club bill so high this month? Yolanda took riding lessons. Like on a horse? First time I saw a horse, I was 13. Damn thing was on TV. And the streets was tough and you lost a lot of homies, but this is Neptune and her friends took them. You should talk to her when she comes home from Gabrielle's. She's supposed to call if she stays over. I'll do more than talk to her, all right? Tell me this, baby. How did a man like me end up with National Black Velvet and Urkel, huh? Okay, National Velvet. Who, why are people still talking about this movie? How <laughs> did another show reference this movie? I don't understand. <laughs> this sappy little story. I mean... Uh. I guess it's a good kids movie. If you want to watch it as a kid, I can understand why it might make you feel happy and give you dreams of riding horses like his daughter. Maybe he mm -hmm. thinks his daughter could win a championship just like National Velvet and Elizabeth Taylor did. Maybe. But, uh, and then he calls his son Urkel. So mean. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. That is not at all the dynamic you hope to have. No. No. So, apparently National Velvet, getting more love, uh, I don't understand. Yeah, definitely don't get it. Well, we have another uh, twofer in terms of pop culture references. We have not discussed the movie Risky Business in the 80s, but this episode title is a pun on that called Rusky Business. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a visual reference. We want you to know the pretty in pink dress gets a shout out at the Neptune yeah. High School 80s theme dance, where Max Greenfield does make an appearance in this episode very memorably. Mm-hmm. And it's Veronica Mars's friend, turned friend of me later, mm -hmm. turned friend again, kind of, and <laughs> she rocks it. I like that dress. It's fun. Agreed. I know on the scale of fashion, it's probably not the greatest dress of all time, but it is just so nostalgic for me and brings me joy mm -hmm. every time I see it. Yeah. Okay, the next one, season one, episode 16, it's just the title, but it, and it's just kind of in the plot of the episode, so the title is Betty and Veronica, and we covered Archie Comics way back in season one mm -hmm. of our show. I think I texted you when I was watching Veronica Mars for the first time, and this happened, because mm. I knew you would appreciate this reference. Yes. And so Veronica, she goes on a cover at a school because she suspects they stole their her school's mascot. Apparently, so, you know, gotta go undercover for that. Apparently, she somehow was able to pull that off. And she tells students that her name is Betty. So I love that because she is blonde, and so she does look like more of a Betty. <laughs> Yes, and I just love the pun of switching up Betty and Veronica in this high school setting. You might as well call it Riverdale. <laughs> Moving on, episode 17 of season one. This is a, this didn't actually happen. It was Veronica imagining what might have happened to her best friend who might have killed her. Mm -hmm. 
And so one idea she has is that Lily's mom killed her. And this is how she imagined it going down. Maybe Celeste overreacted. Lily, she cannot come back here, ever. Chill out, mommy dearest. That's no way to treat your stepdaughter. So to give some more context to this, Lily's mom suspects that Veronica's mom had an affair with her husband, meaning that Lily and Duncan would be mm-hmm. Veronica's half-siblings. Yeah. And Veronica and Duncan were dating. So they were definitely trying to give Veronica the boot once once some of them suspected that that was the case. <laughs> awkward. Super awkward. Yeah. And in Veronica's imagination, Lily also uses pop culture references for sick burns. Yeah. So, but it was really Veronica's own brain, <laughs> own mind coming up with this. So I guess it is still Veronica. That's funny. Mm-hmm. But what do you think? I think this is a much better use of Mommy Dearest than Suki saying that she was Mommy Dearest because she made a kid cry a little bit. Like, killing your daughter <laughs> seems, hitting her seems more Mommy Dearest than. Oh, 100%. And you can totally see a scenario in Mommy Dearest where she maybe accidentally killed her child in a fit of rage. Yeah. Where she wouldn't intend to, but she hits them with a wire hanger and they fall down the stairs and break their neck or something. And I think the thought is that potentially Celeste may have done that, where she loses her temper and Lily gets it by accident. Yeah, they all seem a little off, like they could snap. Yeah, the Canes are a tightly wound family, and they got some stuff going on. Yeah. All right, on to season two. Not a pop culture reference that we cover until episode 13, Ain't No Magic Mountain High Enough. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And Veronica figures it out in the end who stole the money for their class trip. And she doesn't care because them having less money means they get to go to Magic Mountain instead of some ski resort where <laughs> no one but the rich kids wanted to go. And uh, so, <laughs> so she confronts the person she knew did it. And this is how it goes down. Well, I had to go back later and the incriminating $50 bill. So when you rented the Thomas Crown Affair, McQueen or Brosnan? Which one do you think he rented? (laughs) Well, I can tell you which one I rented. Because remember we had, I did the accidental thing. I rented the wrong version of Mm. the Thomas Crown Affair. Because we wanted to talk about art heists, which doesn't happen in the McQueen version. Right. we have to know if he likes art heists or not to know for sure. Because what uh, is heisted in yours, in the McQueen version? He just robs banks. Well, then I guess it'd be the McQueen, because it is money. Ooh, good point. He's more like Steve McQueen than Pierce Mm -hmm. Brosnan. Yeah. Well, we figured it out. Ta-da. I don't even know Ta-da. why she asked. Obviously, it's the McQueen <laughs> version. Obvi. <laughs> okay, well, we are jumping seasons again. Let's go mm-hmm. on to season three. Another episode pun of Vice and Men. Man, 
Love those puns. So we've got a new character, Piz. He is Veronica's best friend's roommate. Not her dead friend, Lily, but her alive friend, played by Peter Daggs III. Uh, Percy. Not Peter. Percy, Percy Daggs, Daggs III, III. A.K.A. Wallace. The best. Finale. Oh, the best. So Love good. Wallace. And Piz is out of town, so Veronica and her friend need a place to crash. They take <laughs> over his room. Why not? And uh, they have this conversation. There's a girl in my bed. Yeah, buddy. It took a double shot of nighttime cold medicine to get her down. It also stopped her sniffling. She's pretty worked up about her boyfriend. Understandable, but um, where am I sleeping? Play your cards right. The floor. Keith Richards wouldn't sleep on the floor. Probably true. I feel like Keith Richards would sleep on the floor. I, I feel like that as well, but I think his point is he thinks of himself like a rock star because Piz plays music and... He wants to be Keith Richards. Not at Altamount, though. (laughs) No. But I'm sure he's watched Gimme Shelter. Yeah, he probably has. Yeah. Uh, But we will come back to Piz and his classic rock knowledge. Because this guy is on the scene. In that same episode, though, there's another one. Mm -hmm. And it's a Casablanca one. Gotta love it. Mm Mm-hmm. And Veronica rides up with a client who is looking for her boyfriend who's gone missing. And they track him, as she normally does. She always tracks him. Always. Even her own boyfriend she tracks. (laughs) And it ends up being this place. It's where a criminal family hangs out. And so she is definitely not welcome in there. So this is her reaction. This is it. Of all the gin joints in all the cities in all the world. Meryl, we can't go in there. I think this is another great use of, another great use of it, just like in Casablanca, where Humphrey Bogart is saying, what are the odds this would happen? This is the one thing Mm -hmm. I didn't want to happen. Of course, this is exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, that was a perfect use. And, oh oh yeah, of all the gin joints is used when Rory... When is that used in Gilmore Girls? I forget. When Paris shows up as her roommate at Yale. Oh, yes, yeah, which, again... (laughs) Classic. Yeah. Uh, And this is not the only reference to Casablanca in Veronica Mars that we found. In episode 311, Poughkeepsie, Tramps, and Thieves, Veronica is looking into a situation where a guy says, Hey, Veronica, I fell in love with this call girl. We had something real. And she tracks her down to try and reunite them. She's a little skeptical that they really have (laughs) anything in common. But then it turns into the situation where her pimp doesn't want them together. And she has this conversation with Max as he's very sad after his lady has left. He'll always have Comic-Con. For what little it's worth, I was totally wrong. You and Wendy do have something. You two are great together. And I'm sorry. Comic-Con, Paris, 
Same thing. Yep, that's where they met. It's uh, where they fell in love. Mm-hmm. And I'd say it's probably the same exact experience. Why go all the way to Paris when you can just go to Comic-Con? <laughs> For them, it's a lot closer. San Diego. It's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've got another reference to talk about in season three. We are not done yet. Keep holding on to your P.I. hats. We are still investigating with our spy glasses. In episode 316, Un-American Graffiti, there is a situation where a restaurant is graffitied and it definitely has some hate elements to it. It's not just kids goofing off. It is definitely targeted at the people who own the restaurant. And they're Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. And yeah. long story short... Somehow she ends up at this one-hour photo place, and she needs to see these photos that are being developed. So in a tricksy maneuver, she has this conversation with the one-hour photo clerk, pretending she knows the guy just a few feet away who submitted the photos to be developed. Hi, um, my boyfriend is a tad embarrassed to pick up the photos we just dropped off. There are a few special moments with special friends type shots. Men, it's all rah, rah, rah until you find yourself in an all night photo mat. Um, how much do we owe you? That's your boyfriend? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm dating a young Omar Sharif. Desert fever. What are you going to do? Um, are they ready? I love this moment because <laughs> she just she just does not care what people think about her. So when she goes up to the guy after or while they're being developed and to make the photo booth, to make the photo developer believe that that's her boyfriend, mm-hmm. she just goes up to him and says something to him and like touches his arm and and she doesn't care that he thinks that she's a weirdo. <laughs> she needs to get those photos. And he is a good-looking guy, kind of like a young Omar Sharif, as Mm -hmm. we talked about back in our funny girl days. Way back, Sadie Sadie married lady. Way back. Yeah. That was a good one. Do not think they are referencing his appearance in the Gulliver's Travels miniseries in the (laughs) 90s. That is not a young Omar Sharif. No. Hey, remember when we talked about how Piz loves music? Uh, yeah, I guess so. By the way, I hate that character name, and I hate saying it. Piz. Just such a weird character name. Yeah, it really is. Well, this comes back when none other than Paul Rudd guest stars on Veronica Mars. (laughs) Of all the gin joints. Mm -hmm. That is just such a weird mashup to me, but I love it. He plays a rock star who... Gets to know Piz. He also has a situation that he needs Veronica Mars to investigate for him. And this is a conversation he has with Veronica when she shows up to help him out. That's Black Cat 80. The woman in my room is Black Cat 70. Number trouble. Uh, So, do you have any pictures of the woman who was in your room? No. Anyone ever tell you you look like a feisty young Barbara Eden? How did she know you'd be here? How old are you, Monica? I'm 11. Is Veronica 
a feisty genie in a bottle. I dream of genie. <gasps> yeah, I no, I just don't feel like she is. Oh well, that you look like, but why? Well, she was blonde. Yeah, <laughs> there's one thing. <laughs> also, like Barbara Eden's genie, she is very resourceful. That's true. And solves she's problems for other smarter, people. A lot smarter <laughs> than genie. This is true. But not a bad, not a not an insult by any means. No. Although I don't think Paul Rudd is exactly our stand-up character in this episode. No, no, so, he's a little, little out of it. Mm-hmm. And he just met Veronica, so if he doesn't have a perfect assessment of the situation, there's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> True that. Also, he has a bad assessment of the Beatles in what I find to be a very funny scene in which <laughs> he is in prison at the local sheriff's station. Hey, Jude. Yesterday, get back. Catchy tunes, yes. Rock and roll, no. What kind of musician doesn't recognize the Beatles as the greatest rock band of all time? I don't recognize them as a rock band at all. They were... Smiths. Hey, man. I didn't get all pissy when you deny my claim that Marshall Dillon was the greatest sheriff of all time. Marshall Dillon was a marshal, and more importantly, is fictional. That's what the Beatles are to me. Fictional. Revolution. Hey, Jude. These were real songs, man. Norwegian Wood. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I used to know a rent boy from Oslo who called himself that. Uh, Mr. Mars, I-, I think Desmond is just winding you up. Most critics reference the Beatles' influence in Desmond's material. Oh, you mean those Beatles? I'm sorry. I thought you meant the other ones with the two E's from the Lower East Side. No, they're totally fictional. John, Paul, George, and the drummer? Oh, those guys are awesome. Veronica, could you have Sax bring me the leg irons? Come on, Dad. Let it be. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Keith was pretty <laughs> upset that he was pretending not to know them. Uh, and that they were fictional. Not yeah, a great band. just messing with Keith. I love it. <laughs> and then Veronica just joins in the fun with Let It Be. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in season three, episode 20, in a title not friendly for airwaves, <laughs> the Greek system at Veronica's college is just very messy. There's accusations of rape and there's very obvious mistreatment going on. Mm-hmm. And so Veronica's trying to get to the bottom of it. And she's having a conversation with someone who's been investigating it herself. She's been going to the school, Hearst, for longer than Veronica. And so this is a chat they have about it. Thanks for meeting me. Who doesn't love a good chat with old friends about secret societies? Our illustrious namesake was a Yale Skull and Bones man. He wanted Hearst to have something similar, so he started the castle at Stanford where his son went, and at Hearst, the school he founded. School and Bones. Now, we know that the uh, Life and Death Brigade on on Gilmore Girls is fictional, but it seems like it has a similar vibe. Yes, it definitely seems like the Life and Death Brigade was modeled on real secret societies at Yale, 
Not sure how many there are and whether or not they're still in existence. Because they're secret. I was just going to say that. It's a secret. (laughs) Who knows? But there has been a real group called Skull and Bones at Yale. Members include William Howard Taft, George H.W. Bush, and George W. Bush. So three presidents Mm. were part of the Skull and Bones Society that called themselves Bonesmen, and it was founded in 1832, (laughs) so it's been around for quite a while. Apparently, members of the group are nicknamed after literary characters. And like this conversation in Veronica Mars, apparently in real life they have voted on whether or not to include women. Apparently there were votes in 1971 and 1986, and Hmm. both unanimously said no women allowed. Then why was it even brought up if it was a unanimous vote? No idea. Not true of Life and Death Brigade. They have plenty of women on their escapades. So that's a point mm-hmm. in their favor, I suppose. There you go. Now you love them. Mm-hmm. And their emblem <laughs> is a skull and crossbones with the number 322 below it, which people generally think it means <laughs> it's referring to 322 B.C., the death, the year of the death of the Greek orator Demosthenes, in which Athens started changing from a democracy to a plutocracy. What in the heck? That is so niche. <laughs> That's some Yale stuff right there. Yeah. We'll include more information about the Yale Skull and Bone Society in our Tumblr. But that's just a quick overview for you. Hmm. And I, yeah, Life and Death Brigade. Definitely inspired by some real things. Yeah. Okay, Taylor, are you ready to cover the best reference yet? Yes, the best reference of all. This is really the reason why we're doing this episode. It truly is. (laughs) Season 3, episode 15, Papa's Cabin. That title has nothing to do with this, but here it is, guys. I saw Logan and Parker out of lunch. Here? Yeah. In the cafeteria? At lunchtime? God, why doesn't he just run me over with a truck? And I'm just telling you this because it looked like it was something. Like they were connecting, you know? What? I'm just trying to figure out which Gilmore girl you are. I love this. Instead of worrying about the on-again, off-again romance with Logan Eccles that she has been experiencing through two and a half seasons. <laughs> She's just sitting there talking with Wallace about which Gilmore girl she thinks he is. Uh, I, I, I just, when I heard this, I just, I mean, I text you, <laughs> yes. but it was the second time I had, for, it had been long enough that I didn't remember from the first time. I'm sorry, Gilmore girls and Veronica Mars. I feel like I should have remembered that, but I forget stuff. But watching this through again, I was like, oh my gosh, they (laughs) reference it themselves. Which is just, I just, just full circle. Look at that corporate synergy of the CW. Shut up, it's not. (laughs) Uh, But like, I mean, while Gilmore Girls, it might have more, yes, the characters have more sap than Veronica does. But like, it's, they're not a soap opera, you know? Well, if you're in the Eccles family, it's kind of a soap opera. No, but I mean using Gilmore Girls to say, 
Veronica, that to call Wallace like he was being, like, oh, I don't know how to say Worried this. about relationship situations. Yeah, you know, that he was, she was teasing him, calling mm-hmm. him a Gilmore girl. And I think she could have used something else. But I'm <laughs> glad that she talked about Gilmore girls. To be fair, I do feel like Rory and Lorelai have a very similar situation when Jess comes back to town. And mm. they're on the phone. And Lorelai says, can we talk about the J word? Should I tell <laughs> you if Jess is in town? So I think in yeah. this situation, Wallace is definitely Lorelai. That's true. Yay! <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> kind of it. Well, so, Kyla? So, Taylor? That's our show? That's our show! Yay! First crossover episode. Yes. We love Veronica Mars. Everybody go watch Veronica Mars. Absolutely. It is delightful. It's got mystery, mm-hmm. it's got romance, it's got character development, it's got snarky Kristen Bell. <laughs> I mean, it's got a reference to Gilmore Girls. And warning, it is bingeable. I mm-hmm. think I watched the, what is it, three full 20-something episode seasons, the eight-episode miniseries revival, the movie, in a month or less. It, I mean... It yeah. just eats up your time. And these were not COVID times. So imagine <laughs> what it's like over the holiday break right. when you're just hanging out at home. It will suck you in. You just have to hang on, enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm. If you started out and you don't think you're super into it, I'd say maybe give it an episode or two because I find the case of the week generally less interesting than the overall mystery she's trying to solve each season. She's always helping one person in an episode, but there's a bigger mystery, and a lot of times her case of the week ties into the bigger mystery. Yes, that's always cool when you find that out. She gets a clue from her other mystery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a great show. All right. Yeah, so what do you guys, I I don't know, what do you guys think of our crossover episode? Is there another show that has some similarities that we need to watch through and write down all the references? We are willing to make that sacrifice. Yes, we will put our time and thought and good vibes into it. Yep. (laughs) But leave us a review, you guys. We're going to come out with a few more fun episodes like this until we break Although I don't, we're not really going to break. We'll republish some other episodes that are timely and come out with a few more fun ones and then start season five. OMG. That's crazy. I can't believe we've made it this far. I know. Yay. Time flies when you're talking Gilmore Girls. Life short, sure talk does. fast. <laughs> yep. I'll get you guys soon. <laughs>